In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. everyone just a quick note before today's episode there are brief discussions of sexual assault in this one so if that is not right for you please go ahead and uh, catch us again next week thanks as always for listening so we all at this point in this the year of our lord 2022 have heard of flat earth theory yes Right. Mm -hmm. But the question to kick off today is, Amy, have you ever heard of something called hollow earth? Uh, No. Okay. Um, Is it that the earth is hollow? (laughs) Yes. I figured you would get that far. Got it. (laughs) At the very least. Like that Um, people think that if you like cracked open the side of the earth that just like it would be like a like a lint truffle. Oh, fun. Like but <laughs> so are you saying that wait, okay. Cuz in a lint truffle. Well, wait. I guess uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I might be revealing I don't know what the word hollow means, but <laughs> And if that's the case, what has happened? How have you graduated High school and college, not knowing what the word hollow means. <laughs> Don't you worry about it. I got a degree in something having nothing to do with science and words. Well, actually, it did have something That's to do with That's not words. true. <laughs> it has to do with words so much. You did theater. I mean, Christ. Yeah, but words with fake words that no one... Anyway, the point is... And in I fact, was... more to the point, you did musical theater, which is about being a hollow vessel... That allows you to be filled up with the character. Yes, okay, I do know. I do know. Okay, I do know what hollow means. But I was picturing. Okay, I did say lint truffle, and a lint truffle actually isn't hollow. But what I picture it. Okay, but I was picturing like a kind of chocolate ball that when you like break open, it's like nothing Empty inside. inside. Yes. Yeah. Well, and you're actually your lint metaphor is better than you imagined because the people who proposed hollow earth theory similarly believe that there was stuff inside the earth um they believed it was hollow and there was stuff inside of it correct okay so we don't have to get super down this track and i i think better (laughs) that we don't um but uh in the olden olden days a.k.a. the 17th century, which a.k.a. means the 1600s, um, some people 
scientist types uh, proposed <laughs> that um, just as what we see on the outer side of the Earth, they believed that perhaps on the ins inside of the Earth, there was a similar kind of like, or maybe uh, say like parallel kind uh, of surface that okay. also supported life. Okay. Um, it's almost like flat earth in a weird, strange way too, because it's like saying that those people that live on the inside of the earth live in a dome. <laughs> I guess And that's so. kind of the yeah. theory of flat earth is that we live in a, like, yes. a, a dome. Yes. How bizarre. Well, like, so, so, so they're thinking like we are walking on the ground on earth and right. then like below the surface is like another not that you have a, like a literal parallel person, but like right. if there's some other being that lives on the other side that's like walking right. on the other side. Right. Like, so it's not that like, okay, so on the outer side of earth, we've got cows. And then on the inner side, we've got exactly cows too. Yeah. We've got something that would seem, that would like play that role in the larger ecosystem, but it would be okay. a different thing. Right. That, now, okay. This is an old theory. No one thinks this anymore. This is indeed an old theory. People do believe this now, though, oh. as well, unfortunately. Weird. Um, and so, like, part of the... Is this movie, has this movie proven it to be that? <laughs> I hope not. But, like, just so, just to kind of wrap this up before we go to the movie of today. Um, so, a lot of this originates in, um, like, religious mythology and folklore the idea of an underworld you know so mm. we've we've had those in all kinds of mm, religions mm -hmm. and cultures for a really long time the idea that there's some sort of place underneath the surface of the earth that um is where people can go uh but also of course that other types of beings would be there as well um, huh. and in fact, it looks like this guy, Edmund Haley, who I think maybe is also of Haley's Comet. Um, yes, he is. Um, <laughs> the reason he thought, he actually thought that there was one, there was our earth and then inside of that was another like sphere object oh, inside. Wow. And that then on these surfaces, different things were happening. And the reason he believed that was because of like various um, anomalous compass readings that you would get at different huh. parts of the earth. Um, huh. So he was like, the only way to explain that is this, um, which, you know, at is that this time. The only way to explain that? <laughs> <laughs> what I was this just. Is where, you know, listen, believe scientists, all the jazz, but scientists are crazy. <laughs> well, what I was just about to say was he believed that was the only way it could be explained in 1692 based Fair. on what information he had at that time and the machines and technology that existed in that sure. time and place. So have we debunked that one at least? Hopefully? Yes. Okay, have. cool. But like I said, there are still people on the internet who believe this. Oh is yeah. True. Well, I don't care about them. <laughs> um, so geology has gone through a lot of different iterations to try and understand the structure, like the physical structure of the earth and like what yeah. it entails and how it all fits together. And so. But didn't in earth science, didn't we learn 
there was like a not again. I didn't graduate for earth science. Let me tell you, but like, no. there's like the earth's crust, and then there's like another right. layer, and then like some other type of layers. Inside. <laughs> yes, there's various <laughs> layers to the earth. <laughs> At the very center is the core. The core. Uh, the but core. all the other layers have special names, right? They do. They do. I don't know any of them, but anyway. I don't really know any of them either. One um, is, the last one is the crust, right? Yes. We are <laughs> it's living like bread. on the crust. And then, and then, then like the inside is like jelly and there's like peanut butter layer in yeah. there and then crust. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. I mean, what you're saying is no more fantastical than what we watched <laughs> Exactly. Um, exactly. So, hello, everyone. Welcome to see you next week in space. As you can tell, it's going to be a real doozy this week. My name is Sarah Walsh and I'm here with my co-host and sister, Amy Walsh and Amy Let's tell the people what they've been dying to know, which is what are we talking about this week? Well, we were talking about the science factual movie called. <laughs> this is called science fact rather yeah. than science fiction. Yeah. Um, Journey to the Center of the Earth, the 2008 version. Correct. Um, I appreciate that it's about 40 minutes shorter than the 1959 version. I did that for us both. I, I was on vacation. I super super this appreciate week. it. Yeah. I was on vacation this week and I was like, I only have time for an hour and a half long movie. Yeah. I couldn't have handled any more of this. Because <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you, this though, you know, we'll get into it. It was earthbound. There was no aliens. It was double se. earthbound. It was okay, inside it was, of the earth. Like yes, what, what uh, more earthbound could you I know, get? but I found an I found another genre of movie I don't like, which is <laughs> um and it's not like a genre, I guess, but it's movies ugh, I guess it's sort of like an action movie thing or like a I don't know how to describe it, but when there's like problem, then we're okay for a second problem again. Then we're okay for a second problem, problem, problem. Yeah. And like it's constant yeah. like action problems where they're like like having to run and they're having to like jump craziness or like do, like yeah. it's too too many problems. And I mean, this, I, I can't handle it. Yeah, this is like when I was um, taking my handwritten notes because I was on vacation. I had a different notebook than I usually have, and I was like hardly taking any like I was like oh this is hardly any pages did anything even happen in this movie? no it's just a lot of and problems it, it is because it's like a lot of just watching someone run or watching someone yeah. jump or watching someone fight and yeah so, and so, but I was also like mildly hung over when I was taking these notes <laughs> and so I was like am I just did I just do a bad job and then as no. I was writing the outline I was like oh no I I remember this movie like this is what it was like um yeah <clears throat> It was not good, but but anyway, it yeah. I mean, I I don't know. There were things that I liked about it, I guess, and there were certain problems, quote unquote, that I liked more than others, or that were more like fun and like funny and whatever. Yeah. But I mean, and it like it was good looking. It was a pretty movie in a lot of ways. Um, I can appreciate that. Like there was some good scenery that was happening, right? But too many problems. <laughs> Indeed, I know. I and know. actually, the overarching thing is they're in a problem. Yes. And I mean, I guess I prefer 
to watch a movie about now this is gonna make me sound crazy like emotional problems than like physical sure. problems. I get it. Um, yeah, I get it. And I was listening to a movie podcast yesterday where they were talking about um, oh, it was how did this get made? And they were talking about the oh. movie Prelude, Prelude to a Kiss, and they mm. were saying like, remember when we would pay money to go to movies that were literally just watching people talk with each other and there was like nothing yeah. else happening. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. And that is real boring, but like in the, but sometimes not. And that's sort of what plays are, you know, a lot of yeah. plays are like that. Cause you can't do this kind of crazy. I mean, now they do a lot more craziness on stage, but you know, like, I, uh, what the heck is that movie called? Um, 12 Angry Men I was watching recently and it's literally a movie in one room where right, men just, just yell talking. at each other for yeah. an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, that's like, just now, that's like probably like almost every room in America. Is that. <laughs> um, so anyway, the IMDb description of this particular movie is, on a quest to find out what happened to his missing brother, a scientist, his nephew, and their mountain guide discover a fantastic and dangerous lost world in the center of the earth. Now, Hmm. I was surprised at how little kind of like backstory info I was able to find about this movie. Um, Hmm. In part because it's long enough ago that usually there's like more kind of accumulation of information at this point. Mm -hmm. And because it's based on a book which has existed for almost 140 years. And they referenced the book in the Um, movie. Yeah, or wait, let me do that math more correctly. So, hold on. It's not, it's almost, it's 160 years years old. Yeah. 250, isn't it? Hold on. We're both bad Uh at this. I think I'm better at it. 158-year-old book. Is that right? Yeah. It's from 1864, 158 years ago. Okay. So, uh... We never said we that we graduated with math degrees. <laughs> we we absolutely neither one of us did. Um, so this is based on the book of the same name by Jules Verne. Um, mm-hmm. And had you heard of Jules Verne before? Yes, but I don't really know why. He's a very famous uh, science. You probably told me about him. Probably, um, but his name gets brought up a lot, like in general, because he's a super famous uh, science fiction writer. Um, kind of considered to be one of the first to even like originate the genre um you've probably told me i'm sure that's how i've known it he's i think he's probably maybe we've even done some of the movies based on his books before possibly probably um but what i didn't know um is that this is actually part of a genre called subterranean fiction oh lord above which had like he did not invent that's specific i know he didn't invent the genre um but this is considered to be kind of a master example as well as like one of the first more modern literary examples so like i was saying before like we there are stories that are old myths and legends about people going to an underworld yeah. to do things and to have adventures um, but, like, in terms of, like, modern literature, this is considered one of the kind of first and best examples of subterranean mm. fiction. Mm. Um, you already mentioned that this movie was, a, there was already an 
version that existed in 1959 that was two hours and ten minutes long, which I decided Thank we weren't going to watch. We didn't watch it. Um, I have to assume maybe that version had more of the above Earth backstory. Part. Yeah, yeah. The like, not yeah. In this one, they were the very. Yeah, they were very quick to get to the center of the earth. His nephew arrived and he's like, oh, gotta go. (laughs) I know. And I appreciate that because it's like the story is about being at the center of the earth. So Yeah, we don't need this bullshit like staying in regular world. Yeah. Now, here's something that was surprising to me and maybe surprising to you. Um, And it kind of takes me back. I I think, I don't know how many movies from this like, let's say... 2002 to 2012-ish era we covered much on the show. That might be a little bit of a blank space for us in some ways. Um, Just by happenstance, not because I've actively avoided that You hate that time period. You told me. (laughs) (laughs) Anything that happened in that time period hates it. Because it's my whole 20s. I was like, get fucked, 20s. Well, um, well, it is sort of a time period where I feel like we both probably didn't watch as many movies. Yeah, it sounds weird. that's right. But, like, yeah, you're busy right. being 20s and, like, yeah. you know, all the grad school situations. And I was, like, in college being fucking loser, like, not even graduating. You know, like, so yeah. it, not even knowing what the word hollow meant. Like, I was just walking <laughs> around. <laughs> So, sitting around yeah, popping we, lint chocolates in I your mouth yeah just like eating chocolate means. yeah i wasn't um, like learning anything or like watching movies <laughs> um but no i think you are right that um i mean i'm still not great at being aware of like what's out in theaters at any given moment in time well now um, is like a whole other ball game but yeah this kind of fell into a hole of like and it's also importantly kind of pre the era that we've complained so much about on this show of like the Marvel stuff and the Fast and Furious stuff and the era of the franchise. Like this is before that, although it's right on the cusp and it does indeed get a sequel as well. Um, Of course. Where Brendan Fraser has been replaced by Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, fucking A. Um, Yes, of course. Um, Mm. But this movie... First of all, $60 million <laughs> budget for this movie. That's crazy. And when you think that there are really only three actors in it. Three. Even more kind of intense of like that. What do you that... think? Sorry, I'm just trying to imagine what we think that Brendan Fraser got paid for this. Um, 50 million. <laughs> 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 and then the rest is just, they were like, ah, throw 10 million at the rest of it. Uh, I mean... I don't know. I'm, I hope he that got... kid got eight million and then they split the, the other two million <laughs> between the final actor and, all and the... the rest of the movie. Yeah. Wow. Um, no, I have to assume I know nothing about movies, but I have to assume I... that let's say let's be super generous and say up to 20 million went to like the cast and crew of this film. I would um, hope. And then the remainder definitely has to be effects because this is a very yeah. effects heavy movie. Um, I can't remember if I thought they were good or not. Sometimes they were good and sometimes they were terrible. Well, then but the I, next thing that you wrote, but you, oh, you, so, okay, 60 million was the budget. And you're telling me 
what I see here is that fools paid. <laughs> this thing made $244 million. Mm-hmm. Worldwide gross, $244 million. Domestic was something like 100 of Wow. So this was a massively now, popular movie. Now, I see, I think about the effects, what may have happened is the next line that you wrote. That yes. It's shot in 3D. Correct. But, it, but obviously, like, I don't have a 3D TV, and that technology kind of was a weird, like, phenomenon that went away. Yes. And um, I think maybe that's why it looks weird. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, Yeah, and again, this goes back to kind of when this came out because as soon as I saw that, I was like, I remember when there was those, like, a bunch of... Everything was in 3D. Yeah, and it was like this thing, and it was like, especially like a quote-unquote blockbuster was going to have it, but... Well, um, they even advertised, like, people getting their own, like, 3D TVs at home and stuff. Like, that was a thing for a while. I'm so... Not that I was buying TVs at that time in my life, but, like, I'm so glad... I didn't That's not what happened. get that because who, and I'm sure people said it at the time. It's like, who wants to sit at home and first of all, not everything is 3d capable. So you're, it's not like right. going to be worth it. Second of all, the one things that are, you're going to sit at your house and wear those uncomfortable ass, nasty ass glasses. Right. But yes, that's I, supposedly, I think I remember reading this in the Wikipedia entry that like, the 3D aspect was partially why it was able to make so much money because if you did actually yeah. see it in the 3D theater, you then pay you more. Pay more for that. Yeah. Um. But still, it can't explain all 244 million. Yeah, that's wild. Well, um, people like this bullshit. People like it, and also we we always have to remember that um, action movies are the ones that do the best internationally across the board that's been true for ages and ages because Mm. action translates better than any other well yeah there's not a lot of dialogue in this so you can pretty much figure out what's going on like to be fair like i didn't look at the tv like the whole time i was watching so like i could still know what was going on without having to really (laughs) even looking at it this this is definitely very light on dialogue but in general like when you look at box office stuff like, even the kind of truly weirdest, stupidest, hardest to understand, however you want to say, um, action movies, when you look at the overseas stuff, you're like, oh, they that's still made boatloads of cash, and that's why there, there are now I never thought these. about that. Like, um, yeah, that's the real moneymaker, and that's probably also why we're in the era of what we're seeing. A million Marvel movies. Because it's like, this thing makes people pay money to see it. And so, and that's and that's fair, and that's like the least objectionable part about it for right, me, right? So this is why it also gets a sequel, which maybe someday we'll get around to that. But I'm fine with passing it up for now. Yes, um, so the other thing that is a bit nice about this particular movie is we only have to know three people. Thank God. <laughs> um. And the first person, I've already alluded to him a bit, the character's name is Trevor Anderson, played by uh, a 40-year-old Brendan Fraser, um, who I think probably most of us know who this man is. Um, I mean, if you don't know who Brendan Fraser is, like, what's happening? He's Not also he's been, been in anything good. <laughs> well, he has been in some stuff that's good. Like um, what? Like The Mummy or School Ties. 
Um, okay, okay, okay. The mummy, no. That is not good. The mummy is good. The mummy that is, is not good. good. I've never I mean, seen it, but it can't like, be good. <laughs> it's not going to like win an Oscar, nor did it in the year whenever it came out. But it is an entertaining movie that is 100% pleasant to watch and doesn't like ruin your life in any way. <laughs> that is a low bar. <laughs> it doesn't well, ruin your life. Wait, okay, I've never seen it, so I can't actually argue, but I just really feel like it's not good. No. And it, it I is don't know good. a school tie. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, but what is school ties? Because everything ties. else on this list that you've listed for him is not good. Uh, you missed one thing that he's in that is good, though, I'll tell you. What, son-in-law? No. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> that is not good either. And I can picture the, like, cover of the... No, that is not good. No, tell me School Ties, and then I'll tell you what you, you, you missed. School Ties is... Um, hold on. I have his bio here. I want to... I don't want to say anything that isn't true. Because I used to really like School Ties as a movie, <laughs> as a teen, because it's about teens, unsurprisingly. Was he a teenager in it? He might have not been a teenager by the time he was in it, but he was playing a teenager in it. Okay. And let's see, where is it? Oh, now I remember. So he plays this guy, this character called David Green, and he's a star quarterback at this very fancy prep school, perhaps in New England, though I can't remember that part. Um, but because he's at this fancy prep school in 1950s New England, he has to hide the fact that he's Jewish. Um, that is not good. This doesn't sound good. Well, it's serious. That's but if that's what you're saying, that's what's a his... good movie is like something that's like prestigious and serious and shows no, that you can that's act. Not no, no, that's not what I mean. I don't mean that he can't act. That's not what I'm saying because everybody knows who he is. But I don't think any of the movies that he's in are good. Like Encino Man. Not good. With I've never even don't. seen Encino I've, Man. I like what it doesn't all the ones he's in doesn't he come up out of the earth as like <laughs> another man? <laughs> Isn't that like what every movie he's in? Also, Blast from the Past is like the same thing. He like comes oh, yeah. up out of the he earth. He does have a thing about being inside of the earth. That is, I think true. that's something. And then in the Mummy, I feel like he comes up out of the earth as the Mummy, doesn't he? No, he goes down into the earth to find the Mummy, what the and then fuck? the then the Mummy is revived and comes out of the earth. This is good Yikes. work, Amy. I did not pick up on this important, important aspect of his career. And um, then the one thing you did miss on here that he's in is um, now and then. He plays the oh. Vietnam vet guy. <laughs> I saw that on his list when I was making this outline, and I was like, I'm not going to bother. And then I was like, it's like, a, it's like a bit will, part. <laughs> Amy will know if it's really important to say. Um, yeah, it's a bit part, but I, it's, but it is... I remember him from it. But, he, yeah, all of these are not good. They are. <laughs> my I have to disagree with you, and so does all of America and the world. <laughs> because what I was also going to say before you rudely cut me off was <laughs> that Brendan Fraser has also recently, or this is at least my impression, he's had a bit of a, like, bubble up lately of people seeming to, like, remember he exists and, like, writing stuff on the internet about him and, like... Really? Yeah, like, People went, your age, like, probably. I think, you know, everyone's like, remember all those weird-ass movies from, like, the well, 90s it, and stuff where Ben Fraser's in it? It's more than that because he... So he, like, um... I don't have this, like, right in front of me, but I know it from all of these movies I just put 
Um, so he uh, wasn't a child actor, but he started having prominent, successful roles in his early 20s okay. um, and played a lot of teenagers, um, as is often the case with that sort of stuff. And he semi-recently went public about how he was... I don't know if he was sexually assaulted, but he was a repeatedly sexually harassed in his early Hollywood career because he was a very handsome Sad. young man. Um, and, you know, a lot of the same shit that uh, actresses go through of like, well, if you want this part, how about this thing or like whatever. Um, That's and sad. He, it is sad. And so he went away for a while um, because what this movie reminded me of is that he had this career that's kind of an interesting one where he's in movies that would be described as action movies, but they're kind of goofy too. Um, yeah. Like the mummy is that George of the jungle. He was also George, George of, the, of jungle. the jungle. Right. Um, and this one, it's like, it's not the same as like, you know, a Schwarzenegger action movie or no a Keanu Reeves action movie he plays these yeah. guys that are a little bit lovable a little bit more schlubby isn't even right because he still looks really great in this movie um but schlubby is I mean I guess schlubby has a certain connotation but like schlubby is not totally wrong because like his hair is always kind of askew and right. it's not about like his body being schlubby but like he's got a like a schlubby presence <laughs> almost yeah, like yeah. Just, or, um, I don't know the right word for it, but, like, um, lame brain. I don't know. I don't He's, know what the right word is. He doesn't seem like, like, because a lot of those other action stars, you might even describe them as, like, he looks like a hard man. Like, yeah. you know, like, serious. Um, yeah. Maybe a tough life behind him. Whatever kind of thing. Sure. Um, this is, like, he doesn't look like a hard man. He looks nice, but he's also, He like looks like an uncle. Guy. He looks, yeah, he looks like, like an uncle. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Right? Yes. Do you know what yes. I mean? Yes. He kind of looks like some of our uncles. Yeah. When, as soon as you said that, I was like, I think he looks a bit like Joe. Somehow. He looks like a kind of strange combination of like a lot of them put together. Yeah. Um, in my mind. So anyway, point is, um, people kind of, he went away for a while and he stopped having as much success. And he had had really legitimate, very good success for a long time. And mm -hmm. I think people were just like, whatever happened to that guy? What he, You know, he was actually pretty good. I liked watching him, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think uh, pictures surfaced of him where he had gained quite a bit of weight, which, you know, people are not kind about that. Um, oh, really? People are <laughs> rude about that? <laughs> And and then in the context of that, he this he revealed this sexual harassment That's story. That's so sad. Um, but you know, in the world of today, as perverse as it is in all the ways, that has made people kind of come Care for to him again. Be like, that was terrible. We weren't aware that that was happening. You know, like, yeah. Um, and. Now he's having a bit more of a resurgence. And so um, he's lately what it seems like he's been doing is rather than movies, he's been doing like super high end TV stuff like, you know, the, the well, limited, that's where like 
series type stuff. Yeah. Well, that's where it's at right now for actors, I feel like. Yeah, totally. And I feel like it's probably akin to signing on to a movie because it's like, I work on this for like a specific amount of time and then it's yeah. over, you know? Oh, that's um, definitely the way to go, I feel like. But probably less like intense pace in comparison to movie shooting, which sure. I guess, you know? So it's probably yeah. like, in a sense, maybe a little bit of best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, but so he's got like five different things in production right now. I think we're going to see a bit of a resurgence from him um, over these next couple years because yeah he did go a bit like dark for a while and yeah. I don't mean like he was sad or but like just like <laughs> took some time away sure. um and is now I think gonna come back um well I have no issue with him I may have said some things that were not nice about his movies I have no issue with him I do enjoy him in all those things that right. and anything that I see him and I tend to enjoy him even if I don't like the thing well, that's, I mean, that I think is the mark of, I don't know if it's a true actor or what, but it is what you sometimes get where you're like, this person somehow is not in anything that I th- I would think I would watch. <laughs> yeah. And yet watching them is really pleasant. And so <laughs> I will watch the things that they're in, even as I'm like, what is this? What have I signed yeah. on to? Um, and he yeah. is absolutely one of those people. And so I'm hoping that, like, maybe some of this next stuff is actually something that's maybe higher profile and yeah, I watch. You know what, Brendan Fraser, I'm rooting for you. For I'm in sure. Your Not that he needs our support one way <laughs> no, or another. No, he needs my support specifically. It's very important <laughs> that actors have my support. <laughs> um, our next person on the docket plays Trevor's nephew, Sean Anderson. Um, this is played by a 16-year-old Josh Hutcherson, um, who I know from a variety of different things, primarily the Hunger Games movies. Um, but yeah. he, like, I hadn't fully realized, because I know him, because I kind of mostly associate him with Hunger Games, yeah. what I didn't realize is that that was, like, at the tail end of what I would have called the childhood phase of his career. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. Because he is a kid actor, for sure. Are you telling like, me he's 16 in this movie that yes. we watched? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's surprising. Yeah. And I don't think Hunger Games comes out in at least for another two to four years or something. So I want to say the first one's <clears throat> 2012-ish. Okay. So then he would be 20 in yeah. that. Um, so he's in a bunch, and like really and truly, he's in a bunch of kid movies, like Kicking and Screaming, that Will Ferrell Love it. vehicle. Love it. Um, then there's a Disney, I think this is Disney, Zathura, which is a kid's mm. sci-fi movie. Don't worry, it's on the list. We may watch it at some point. Oh, no. Um, then there's Bridge to Terabithia, which I think was probably his super highest profile kid thing before mm. this. Uh, and then he rep- he appears in the sequel, I presume, as Sean mm. Anderson again. Um, I also thought it was funny. He's extremely short. He is my height. You know what? That's so funny that you wrote that. Be- and you literally wrote it down pretty short. But it's so funny because I was talking about him with Isaac today because we were like, I even was saying, I wonder how old he was in that movie. And like the first thing Isaac said about him was like, I think he's short. And I was like... <laughs> 
And I was like, well, he was a kid. And he's like, yeah, I know, I know, but I think he's short. And I was like, well, let's see. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, he was supposed to be 13. And if if it's been 14 years since this movie, I was like, maybe he was really 13, but maybe he was one of those people that was a little older. My my highest guess was that he was 14, though. I did not think he was 16. Yeah. He's 16. um, And he's only a slight 5'5. Not that he needs to worry about that i'm sure plenty of people are interested in him sexually lots of actors are short oh my god (laughs) a lot of actors are actually short yes it is true um he's actor height so yeah that's fine um and he's doing quite well unsurprisingly i mean he's probably based on this little set of stuff he's done he probably never needs to work again if he didn't want to Um, oh no i think he's fine uh, but he does have three things coming down the pipeline. He, too, I think in general, we've talked about this a lot. He, too, strikes me as someone who had, like, so much stuff going on in his, like, child career phase mm-hmm. that he has been in kind of in a bit of a break for a while, like, after Hunger Games, kind of, like, took a little bit of a time away. Yeah. Um, but it looks like maybe he's on the move to start coming back fairly soon. Um, and then the final person we need to know is a character called Hannah Asgerson. I don't speak Icelandic, so I can't be sure that that's how that would be pronounced. That's so interesting that that's her last name. Why? Because, well, do you want an Icelandic lesson? Sure, because um, you've been to Iceland twice, baby. So you're I like have, very and I basically, You're like I basically, basically speak, Icelandic now. Yeah, I speak Icelandic. It's actually a, a ridiculously hard language. But their last names are um, very specific and even their names in general. But generally the last names are the men have names that end in son. So it would be like her last name is Askerson, I guess. And yeah. if she were a man, that would mean... The son of Askir. Exactly. And, but mostly women, she would be, her last name would be Askir's daughter. Yeah. And, um, so that's interesting. I've never seen that for a woman having that last name in Icelandic. It's probably just, um, American stupidity, honestly. Oh, right. That's the, you're saying that's the character's name. I get confused sometimes. Yeah. That's the character's name. Oh, yeah. That's a mistake, I think, because. Because, because that is not how the women's last right, names would go. Because they mention her father first, and he's Askerson. So she uh, is given, she then becomes Askerson, according to English language yeah. naming conventions. Yeah, that would be, yeah, that would be yeah. wrong, because it would be whatever his first name was, daughter. I right. mean, that's, I mean, I think that has been changing in Iceland a little bit as they, um, you know, maybe this generation, it won't all be the same like that. And I think, um, you know, because it always has like the, it was the father's handing down that name. I think there's maybe now been some openings of letting it be like the mother's name too. Sure. So anyway, it's, but that is, I think a mistake. Yeah. Um, the actress is also Icelandic. Her name is Anita Mm -hmm. Bream and she was 26, uh, when she did this. Mm -hmm. Uh, so she was born in Reykjavik. Um, but moved to England at the age of 16 to pursue acting. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so... Just, I was wondering, because she didn't have a super Icelandic accent. No. Um, and before this, like, so just before this movie came out, she was in that kind of soapy uh, version 
of the history of Henry VIII called the Tudors mm. that existed for a while. And I think that was the one that was making it like, you know, as also because of the 2008 of it all, like super sexy and risque. Sexy. Yeah. And um, like, I think they even had, like, I think Henry VIII was like, like young and good looking in it for a while. Um, now I'm forgetting. <laughs> Is the name that of the not actor. what he looked like? Uh, I mean, I'm sure. No, I don't. I, have, stage, I believe. I feel like I've seen. probably fine. But yeah, um, I think I've seen pictures and he's ugly looking. In later life, things didn't go great. Um, so she was in that. She played Jane Seymour in that. Oh, um, I can see that. And so uh, this actually 2008 was like her busiest year of her career thus far. Hmm. Um, she was in this movie and she was shooting the Tudors. Um, mm. I have to assume that the Tudors is probably why she got this. Like she became kind yeah. of more notable. Um, and then she's gone on to do some stuff since, but, um, it seems like she hasn't quite hit yet. Uh, mm. that's too bad. I mean, she's perfectly fine, but I guess what I would say could be, a reason why it hasn't happened is like beautiful blonde woman there are like so many of those in the, yeah and to to really make it you have to find some way I guess to like set yourself apart mm-hmm. and so it's so my guess is probably the roles she's had haven't really allowed her to do that you know like yeah that's fair like, I thought she did a really good job in this, but, like, I mm-hmm. also feel like probably a lot of different actors could have done a good job in this. Like, there's not much yeah. there, so... Yeah, they don't talk a lot. <laughs> you know, like, it's... So that's what I mean. It's like, I don't... I think, at least from this, we don't actually see... She was in a Doctor Who episode that's a Christmas episode. Sorry, I just noticed. I saw that. Um, So, like, basically what I'm saying is, like, this does not allow us, the viewers, to have any real sense of, like, what Anita Bream can do. Yeah, so, fair. Um, perhaps that's part of the reason why her career has not really... Like, it's not a bad career. It's just, like, not really... Like, you would think after appearing in this big-ass world phenomenon movie, as it yeah. apparently was, that that would have led to, like, other kind of big ticket mainstream of roles and yeah. I, and that did not happen and so yeah uh hard maybe to say she was over why. it well yeah. yeah again she maybe doesn't care because she maybe is making decent enough money that it doesn't super matter yeah um but i did also find it interesting that her more recent stuff that she is doing um it looks like she's maybe going into icelandic like film and TV a bit more, which makes sense huh. too. Yeah. Because that's probably slightly less competitive, perhaps. You would, too. You would think it might be like Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean the market market has to be smaller, but yeah. then you would think it might be like saturated more. with people. Right. But like yeah. Um so that's all of the people we need to know in this whole movie, which is nice. I love it. <laughs> um and the movie itself kicks off um right away uh and i was right away somewhat confused so confused um, because what we first see is like a man running away from a dinosaur 
<laughs> and then there's flames and lava there. Mm-hmm. And then I think he falls into a crevasse full of fire. Yeah, there's a lot of falling into to big empty spaces in this Yes, movie. yes. Get ready for me to say the word crevasse so many times. <laughs> It's Get actually, ready for me to say big dark hole a whole bunch of times. Uh, this movie is actually just like a new version of the movie Hole Space. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then Trevor, the main character, wakes up and we're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is some kind of dream. But what's confusing about this from a viewer's perspective yeah. is that the person in the dream is it's not, not him. him. Yeah. And so... You're like, so he's Why are you dreaming about another dude falling in a hole? Yeah. Like, it was very confusing right away. Yeah. And I guess they explain it relatively quickly, but it did make for, like, really and truly... I Like, I almost wanted to rewind the movie. I was like, did I miss well, something? Like... Yeah. How could I have already missed something? I guess they explain something? it. <laughs> I feel like I'm not sure that they explain it that well, because still whatever doesn't matter like why would that be his dream like why is he i think my answer is that we're supposed that's what he to... thinks is happened has happened He's to like his brother haunted by yeah. his brother because much later we learn that his brother disappeared without a trace right right and, and so, then you're like, oh, that must be the dude at the beginning who falls <laughs> in a hole correct yeah now why Trevor would think that that's what happened to him is this also is what I'm saying a weird thing that's a but, very spe- and this specific yeah that's like a like when I <laughs> I've been very fortunate in my life to have no one I know go missing but if I ever like were just you to have wait. that happen just Uh-oh. you wait well here's the thing if you go missing my first theory will not be that you fall into a hole being chased by a dinosaur yeah that's fair I get it. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, maybe it's okay. Okay, here's an idea about Uh-oh. what this is. What if the people who wrote this movie were on crack? Like, well, there's that always that possibility, <laughs> but um, or some sort of um, yeah. you know, mind altering I mean, substance. Yeah. Um, but what I was gonna say is maybe what the people making this thought that opening scene was, was like a bit of a flashback to something that actually did perhaps happen. But no. Well, and you know what? Here's what, here's what I'll say. Like, spoiler alert. Um, I was waiting for the entire time they were in the center of the earth for them right. to find that dad. Yes. Agreed. And it, I thought and, the same. And spoiler alert, it they didn't find him, happen. They find him, but he's dead. Yeah, um, not helpful. Yeah, so so what if... So I think you're right. I think that is what we're supposed to think. Yeah, like, and that then... That's like he had a vision more than it was a dream. Right, and then it cuts to 10 years later, Trevor wakes up in his apartment. But then again, they make it look like he wakes up from a nightmare, which is just like, I yeah. don't understand this. But anyway, doesn't matter. Um, Because this movie does get to the center of the earth very quickly, and that... <laughs> I appreciate. Um, So he heads to his lab. This is where we learn that he's a geologist. 
and that yeah. he's been working on this theory. Like, apparently he and his brother are geolog- were geologists together, and they're working mm-hmm. on this particular theory um, that has become increasingly unpopular. This is where we have an intriguing cameo by Seth Meyers as the shitty boss. Yeah, that was boss. so strange. Yeah, that was very strange. Uh, I, he wasn't even in SNL yet, was he? Was he not? He might have been the writer at that time. I don't oh, remember maybe. like what time the time period he was on that yeah, show. Yeah, me neither. Um, but he's this smarmy boss type. And yeah. he's saying that the lab, which of course carries Trevor's brother's name, it's the Max Anderson something something lab. Uh, it's yeah. being shut down because there's no more theor- there's no more funds coming into this particular uh, center, and the theory is going nowhere because. According to Seth Meyers, nothing's been proven. Well, Seth Meyers was on SNL starting in 2001, so... Oh, well then. Missed that. Um, <laughs> but I thought this was... Like, also just from the scientific perspective... I'm a historian of science, so I, I don't entirely know the ins and outs of the present, like, you know, what the kind of... Um, how would I say it? Like the com- the competitive nature of it or like how quickly you have to produce information of any particular yeah. store. But I'm like, theories often take a while to like well, approve uh, yeah. information. Like, yeah. And, I, and also, I mean, as I, you explained in the beginning, when we were talking about the hollow earth theory, like this, people are still thinking it even like, you know what I mean? Like, right. No, I don't think, I think, I think that's a movie part of it that makes like. Yeah. Yeah. That it's like, you haven't shown us the data, Brooke. Yeah. And let's, we've talked about this too, I'm sure, where like movies think they know what jobs are like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. But they don't actually know. And they've certainly not bothered to ask anyone in the job, like, hey, does this seem like a way something would be? (laughs) Because, (laughs) because here's, but the truth is, and like. I, you know, I rag on movies all the time for not being realistic and like, oh, that's not how it happens. But the truth is that real life, real jobs, even the ones that we think are the most exciting are boring. Yeah. And so that's why they're called we jobs. Wouldn't, you wouldn't want to watch it. Like if you've ever been in a real courtroom, it's like boring as hell. Right. So it's not right. The You don't want to watch that on Law and Order. Like that's right. not what you want. Like, right. so I'm sure that's. You know, yeah, just is what yeah, it is. For sure. And we need, of course, some kind of weird-ass conflict. Although, yeah. I don't even think... Th- I don't think you need it this, in this movie this particularly. This conflict is stupid. Like, there's no reason yeah. at all. Like, all we really need to see, I guess, is that Trevor is a geologist. I don't think Yeah, we I think need they just know. needed to set up... They just needed to, like, set up his life, sort of, a little right. bit. Right, but like, I don't think we need to know that the that he's kind of down and out on his luck career-wise, because... Um, yeah, I mean, I mean maybe re- it informs the fact that he would, like, go there so quickly. I but, guess. Like, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Um, but then we're right away back at his house, and he comes home. This is also, like, this is the schlub aspect. His yes. house is, like, all messy, and I think even he comes in and, like, again... Like, this is really a, messy. Like, very, yeah. very messy. Yeah, very messy, like dirty laundry and dirty bowls and like everything akimbo um but also this is another movie trope i think he comes back and you know like one part of his shirt is tucked in and one is hanging out (laughs) you know like which again i'm like Mm -hmm. i've never seen that in actual life (laughs) 
<laughs> well, yeah, uh, it's, it's like a weird scenario of like, how did it get that way? It's like either you tuck in your shirt or it is out and you are aware of that immediately yeah. and you do something Because you can feel it. it. Like, yeah. Yeah. But so anyway, and he's listening to his messages on an answering machine, which I, again, I was like, do people have answering machines in 2008 still? I can't remember that. Well, like an old dude like him might have. Yeah, that's true. Because, like, by 2008, we already have cell phones, which absolutely have your voicemail in it. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the yeah, era but if when you, were you would already still listen to a then. voicemail, right? I guess. I, I don't, don't know. I think. I don't remember I think, anymore. I really don't. I think you would have a voicemail on your cell phone, and it would be the era where you would actually listen to it if you got it. <laughs> Well, because you sort of have to because you don't have the way to transcribe it like you do now. Right. Which, like, is And you also only got phone calls for actual real reasons. It would be someone you'd, like, have to probably call back and, like, have to have listened to the message. Because it wasn't, like, if it was your friend, you'd be like, bitch, what, just text me. But, like, Right, or you would see the missed call and just call and ask. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So he gets these messages, which, of course... Again, are driving home this point, which I'm not totally sure super matters, which is that he's this absent-minded professor type. Yeah. And it's like his sister-in-law keeps being like, so we're on our way. We're almost there. Now we're outside your house. Yeah, that was weird. That Um, was weird. Would you ever, like, wait. (laughs) Like, just think about it. It didn't actually make sense because he was listening to the answering machine and then... That you see the car, and he's like starts to like frantically run Clean around up the house. The house. And, yeah, and then you see her pull up, and then he all of a sudden the answering machine. I don't think a call comes in, but the answering machine like immediately picks up, and she's saying like we're outside. Right. Why would you ever leave a message saying we're outside? I you mean, no. Come up then to the door. Come up to the door. Um. Also, weird about this is like, it's fine. To have, like, a message that's reminding somebody, like, you call the one time and say, we're yes. on our way, see yeah. you soon. Um, and then, again, this is, like, this weird exposition dump that I don't think needs to happen in the way that it's done. Because mm-hmm. she says, don't forget, your nephew, Sean, he's coming for 10 days. Well, I- <laughs> and, like, I'm moving to Ottawa later. You know, like, um, <laughs> she's like, and, don't forget everything we've talked about in the last 10 years. Here's right, a little recap. <laughs> right. And also don't forget that you're estranged from us and we haven't seen you, you know, like, yeah, I'm like, they could just do that when she comes to the door to drop off her nephew. Like, it's weird. They don't need this particular set of choices to be happening. It was definitely weird. That's fine. Um, so then in the mid, so then again, another thing that I'm not really sure why this is here, but Sean like hates Trevor. Yeah. Um, and or, it's very, or is it just that he's like a teenager and he hates everyone? Well, there's that too. He's like extremely surly and he's playing <laughs> on his PSP. Um, and like, I guess what's confusing about a lot of these the things in this movie. Mm-hmm. Especially for how nuts the movie gets very quickly. Yeah. They don't really 
build up on any of these early elements in ways that are like, so why have you made this big stink about this now? Because then this goes nowhere ever again. Like, yeah, like the Sean on the PSP thing is because later this also comes up. It's supposed to be this like, oh, the juxtaposition of old, a.k.a. 40, a.k.a. <laughs> my age. You. Um, old. Trevor, Brendan Fraser having this antiquated answering machine and doing things the old-fashioned way, and then young nephew Sean who, like, looks on Google. Like, Google, like, as though it's this new fucking thing. Um, (laughs) He's like, just Google it. Yeah, so there's this weird, which we see a lot, which is, like, the technology and the youth being, like, way more up on the... But I have a little bit of... I would take this movie to task a little bit on the Google on the plane in 2008. No, that was not... Absolutely not available. Absolutely not. Um, Yeah. But, like, what I mean to say is, like, so they raise this idea and then it never really comes back. And so I'm like, so what's the point? Like... Yeah, there's not a point. (laughs) and, And it's fine, I guess, if you... Like, the thing that they do a little bit better job of showing in arc two is, like, Sean's and Trevor's, like, relationship being quite tension-filled at the start. Yeah. And then coming to some realization at the end. Like, that's fine. That makes sense to me. Um, So while um, Elizabeth, Sean's mom, Trevor's uh, sister-in-law... Is dropping off Sean. She's also giving Trevor a box of Max, his brother, her dead husband's old stuff. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And in that is included um, a copy of the Jules Verne book, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Mm-hmm. And as Trevor is looking through it, he notices there are all these crazy notes in it. Um, Mm -hmm. and specifically he notices like a set of figures that he's recently seen on his own like lab data. Mm -hmm. So then he takes his nephew to the lab, which is like, (laughs) why? I don't know. Um, and they notice, well, he, he's like, look, here are these three readings that are the exact same today, um, as they were like in the days leading up to your father's disappearance. And so Mm -hmm. Trevor thinks that it's a clue about what might have happened to his brother, Sean's dad. And then Sean also is like, but there's a fourth one. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, look, here in Iceland, fourth one. Um, And immediately, somehow Trevor takes, he's like, I gotta go to Iceland I mean it was a hard left turn like it was within yeah it wasn't immediate like he was like I gotta go you were I get over it like (laughs) and what I truly did and they really made no effort to explain this whatsoever and I know like you don't have to explain every little thing but no you do um there were four spots that were like pinging on these special sensors mm-hmm. that that his brother placed all over the world to co- why collect did he just data. Like, why is Iceland the one that has to be the one to go? Like, because that's what's in the book. <laughs> that's what's in the book, sure. But and then 
I now I can't remember. I wonder, did they say that that's where his brother had been was also I don't Maybe that's remember. what it was. But so I think that's right. So they he's like I'm going to Iceland. Um but <laughs> by the way, kid, your dad and I believed that there were such things called volcanic tubes. Um I'm pretty sure those aren't real. Uh but there are volcanic tubes that go from the surface of the earth, the, what do you call that again, Amy? The crust, Indeed. the sandwich crust. Indeed. So you go from, you go through the crust, through these volcanic tubes, down, 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 into the center of the earth, the ooey chocolate, gooey chocolate center. Now, I earth. have a feeling that volcanic tubes might be real. Whether they go to the center of the earth may be the part that's a myth. I feel like volcanic tubes is a made-up thing. I'm going to Google it right now. Well, volcanic tube. Well, well, the way... Well, but there are volcanic caves, and there are technically tubes. I mean, I don't I guess I don't know exactly the... Ah, uh, so according to uh, the internet, there isn't such a thing as a volcanic tube. There is something called a lava tube. A lava tube. Which but lava is, comes from a volcano. Right. But it's the tube that through which, like, lava travels. Um, yeah. But it is definitely not something that goes to the center no. of anything. That's, yes, 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 yes. That's a that's definite. For sure. Um, so, but this is their theory that there are these tubes that go to the center of the earth. Yeah. Um, and I guess what Trevor is saying is that the... The book Journey of the Center of the Earth, which has these notes from Max and this data from 10 years ago, like all the conditions are the same as when Max disappeared. Uh-huh. So Trevor's... That's convenient. I know. So Trevor's going to go to Iceland to investigate these volcanic tubes, I guess. What was his what, original plan with that kid? Well, he was going to leave him there. Yeah, what was that about? I don't know. <laughs> He, he literally gonna, got dropped off, like, hours earlier. Yes, hours and, earlier. He was going to leave, I think, like you said, I think he's supposed to be 13 or 14 in this movie. And it's unclear when Brendan Fraser is coming back. Like, you can leave well, a, You can <laughs> and leave I a, mean, <laughs> he's not coming back soon because he's going no, to Iceland. Right. I mean, you can leave a 13 or 14-year-old. I I would accept, like... I'm going to go away for a couple days, maybe. Well, but, and, and, that's, and that's even pushing it, especially if it's not your kid and well, you haven't right. like, cleared it, it make, with the parent. <laughs> it would be terrible in the context of this situation, which is yeah. you got here six hours ago, I barely know you, and now I'm going to leave you in my home for two and days. He, like, that, and he clearly is not like prepared with food for somebody. No, this is like, not the proper situation for that. I'm saying like... I can see leaving a 13 or 14 year old alone for two days in certain circumstances. These are Possibly. not them. No. <laughs> um, so, um, and especially. And the kid's like, no, hell to the no. <laughs> right. And especially because the way Trevor says this is like, I'm going to figure out what happened to your dad. And so Sean, of course, is like, my dead dad, I want to come along. Of course. Because uh, my whole life has been colored by the fact that my dad is dead. Yeah. Um, so 
they get on a plane to Iceland, and while they're on the plane, Trevor is looking over the notes, more notes in this copy of Journey to the Center of the Earth, in case mm. he learns anything more that is going to be useful about, like, what, I guess, um, Max was doing in Iceland. And then this is mm-hmm. when Sean notices that one of these notes is not, like, a clue or a symbol, but actually someone's name. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to try and say this. Don't know. I don't speak Icelandic, so it won't go great. But the name <laughs> the name is Sigurd Bjorn Agisgersen. Um Yeah, I mean, I don't know about that last name, but I think Sigurd Bjorn is probably right. Something along those lines. So then um sean so then trevor is like huh i don't know that that means nothing to me and this is when sean on his psp on the plane <laughs> hooks up to google and <laughs> learns and learns that sigurbjorn asgerson is a geologist in iceland with an institute that has his name on it yeah um and you're absolutely right. In 2008, there was no internet on any plane anywhere. And even now, like, let's be honest, you still have to go through, like, the whole rigmarole of, like, logging into the, like, stuff and, you know. Yeah. You and know. it wouldn't be on your PC- PSP. No. Like, no. Uh, even now, it's like I'm hooking my tablet or my phone or my computer to this thing. It's not going to be... And even thing. still, it's not always free. And it's super, you know, a lot of times it's not free. And it's free. not free. And it, even if it, even if you pay for it, it's shitty, sir. Like, yeah, it's not usually um, great. So all of it, like it's it's best <laughs> for streaming movies on there. Exactly. Like that's what it's designed That's what for. it's mainly, yeah, that's what it's mainly made for. Um. So nonetheless, though. He's able to do it. They figure out where they got to go. And then um, they drive seemingly at random through the Icelandic countryside and still find the place that they is need to go. Wild. That is absolutely wild. I mean, they don't show any of obviously and we don't need it, but like them getting to the city or like getting to the airport and then but like honestly, what he just didn't check and just like started driving through the roads. Well, and on top of it, they're using a paper map still. <laughs> so there's this whole bit where it uh like, I think it's Sean is the one looking at the map and yeah. he's saying, have we been through this town and this town and this town? And they're all like Icelandic sounding names. Yeah. And it is, I mean, I will say that is why paper maps are hard to use because you have to know of where you are. Where are you right now to know to whether. Then know what to do next. Of and course. Now, is, Iceland does have a thing that is called the ring road, which does technically go around the entire country. So I guess in theory, you could you, you could go get on it and not mess up too bad, but you'd have to go around the entire country. It's a long right. drive. Like I mean, and I was gonna say Iceland is probably small enough to where you could, if you really were in trouble, you could be like, I'm just gonna get onto that. Yeah, and you could probably I'll figure it out. Hit something more major, and that will be. Yeah, there's not enough. like big like, freeways anyway. Like, there's not like super, but still, like, and driving in another country is also. I mean, yeah, maybe this is all just me, but like the signs are all in different languages. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so they're doing this bit, but somehow by pure magic, truthfully, <laughs> they arrive at the so-called exact institute. right spot. Yeah. Yeah. 
The institute, it turns out, is not actually a scientific institute, but a private home. Yep. It is the home that used to belong to Sigurdjörn as Gerson, but now belongs to Hannah as Gerson, um, who is his You wrote daughter. so many... You wrote... Okay, yeah, yeah. I wrote so many what? Oh, so, so many, many dead, dead dads. dads. <laughs> yes. I just read that. Oh, yeah, I yeah. mean... Two out of the three characters in this movie have a dead dad, and it's just well, like, probably three wow. out of the three. Well, actually, you're don't right. You we don't. Yeah, we don't know about Trevor's dad, but yeah, probably. <laughs> Everybody's dad's dead. Um, but what I thought was like especially odd in this introduction of Hannah is like she opens the door, and like both Trevor and. Sean, so a man who is 40 and a boy of 13 look at this woman and are like, she's hot and she's mine. Okay, 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 okay. Here we effing go. Because this part, I was like trying to like rationalize with myself in my head if I was like getting up in arms about something silly. But like, what? And this, I didn't notice it in this first moment, but I noticed it later when they were hiking and they kept saying like I called dibs Correct. and I was like first of all ew and second of all ew and third of all how dare you <laughs> like, it was really odd like what the heck yeah she's cute I mean fine I'll give it to them but like yeah and I don't know like how would I put this like <laughs> I understand that when anyone sees someone whom they find attractive, that is probably a very f- immediate thought, like almost sure. uncontrollable, let's say. <laughs> sure. But but it's but the but the word almost is important there. Yeah. Because it is controllable. And it, also, it's one thing to think to yourself. Yes, you can think all the things you want. Is, Here's the great thing about thinking, guys. You can think <laughs> terrible, <laughs> awful, like dirty, nasty, disgusting things. You can think terrible things in your head. Literally anything you want. Can you be could in there. say like you could say the meanest words. You can imagine like killing people. I mean, all of it, and it's totally fine if it key stays in your head. The right. minute you start saying it out loud or showing it on your face, that's when you get in trouble. So, just a pro tip. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I almost think sometimes, like, finding someone attractive almost happens subconsciously to some degree. Like, you, you almost aren't mm-hmm. really even aware of having the thought in quite, a, like, a true, like, a concrete way. You're just like, Yeah, mm. until maybe um, later. Right. So, but in this case, what happened? Did they, well, I maybe I'm not sure I remember in the first second, like, what they say to her. They both, like, I want to say they both, like, give each other a look um, or something. Like, they're very surprised that such an attractive woman is, like, in this Living out there? Or something. Um, I mean, she does appear to be alone in the middle of nowhere. I'll give them that. So maybe, like, it's a shock at, like, oh, there's actually a person in here. I might be a little shocked about that, but yeah, I don't, I don't remember what their, their vibe was in this moment, to be honest. It was a very like, um, like she's definitely that, um, (laughs) it's like, she's not, how do I want to say it? Like she's 
they're kind of banking on the fact that she's not super paying attention to them and they're doing a lot of like fake stage whispery stuff uh um or like (laughs) raising of eyebrows or something okay um so it's i mean we don't we see we don't even have to know what happened but it was so yeah. obvious we both remember this. <laughs> yeah, I, d- I just remembered. I didn't remember in that particular moment, but I remembered when they say the dibs thing. I was like, what's that? What? They didn't. He didn't just say dibs, did he? Right. <laughs> so um, I also just find it strange. It's like, I guess she's in between them in age almost exactly in real life and in the movie. But like... And even if the kid was supposed to be 16, it would be, like, a little less objectionable. And I know under understand the actor is 16, but he's supposed to be 13. That's gross. It's just weird. I don't get yeah, it. Yeah. Not um, okay. So, anyway, she explains that this was her dad's theory and her dad's cottage, and now she's here. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Trevor explains, like, what has brought them here... She's like, it sounds like your brother was a Vernian. My dad was a Vernian. Um, which she explains as being people who believe that the works of Jules Verne um, are based on actual <laughs> facts. Um, hmm. Oh, I think it's sort of like, um, that sounds like Scientology. Sounds like people who believe in hollow work is what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, or um, that. But I did some looking around because I was like, she's saying this in a tone that mm. makes me wonder. Uh, there is no such thing as a Vernian. That is okay. not a real term. I mean, the term exists, but it's for people who study Jules Verne. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Or if you talk about, like, a Vernian style of writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it is. it doesn't exist in the way that she is saying it exists. <laughs> um... Now, both of them are like, my dad slash my brother was no idiot weirdo nutbag. Like, he didn't believe <laughs> this was real. And she's like, oh, no, check this out. And she opens up her dad's copy of Journey to the Center of the Earth. And it's got the exact same notes as were in the copy that they have. Um, yeah, so, like, they are both weirdos. Yeah, but so <clears throat> basically, I guess all that at this time Trevor wants is to go collect the data from the special sensor that Max had put out onto this Icelandic mountain mm-hmm. and in the hopes that somehow this data is going to, like, reveal something. Though I'm not sure what it would be revealed. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So then she says that she's a mountain guide and she will help them. Um, and I, what I Which, do- you know, does ring tr- Here, I will say this. I'll say this about Iceland. And I will, I'll give you some tidbits here and there of things I know about Iceland because this movie, I do yeah. like the ice, the Iceland bits of it were fun for me. I bet. Um, but the, her being a mountain guide, I will, like I call Is bullshit on a lot Is everyone a mountain guide in I'm Iceland? sort of going to say that they are. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. But like, I feel like, and granted I've gone there obviously as a tourist. So a lot of the Icelandic people that I've come into close contact with were all like, tour guides right so but in my mind so many Icelandic people that is like a huge job there is like guides and like showing off their country they're very proud of that stuff so like it put it like her just being a random mountain guide like didn't throw me at all I was like yeah of course she is it's like her side business yeah or whatever of course Um, they're a mountain guide so she 
the three of them then go on this search for this monitor. This is where that dibs thing occurs, which is I extremely really hated weird. It. And they also said it in her earshot, by the way. Which yes. like And I yeah. think she even calls back to it later. Later somehow. she does, and she's like, by the way, hell you no to the both it. of y'all. <laughs> I mean, I, that's what also I was going to say, is I did like how this character, Hannah, is like not like always being saved by some like she's no, also she was the, doing some saving and some cool oh, stuff. Oh, she was too. like the smartest one, I would say. Yeah. Like if I were to choose the smartest one, it's for sure her. Well, cuz she's a mountain guy, so she like knows yeah. what's what. Um I, Icelandic people are like not playing around. They are like pretty hardcore. I believe it. So in this case, they finally get to this sensor that they're looking for, but as that as they're as as Trevor's trying to do something with it, um, Hannah notices a storm rolling in, mm-hmm. and it se- seems like it's coming really fast. And so they have to like run to shelter, and there's like a cave nearby. Mm-hmm. And somehow, like Trevor manages to pick up the sensor, and he's running like as the storm is coming, and like it apparently the sensor is like drawing the lightning to it. Yeah. Um. So finally, he has to drop the sensor. He drops the sensor on the ground right as he's entering the cave. A big lightning strike comes, and then the cave entrance collapses. Gets covered up, yeah. So then you're stuck in a cave, and this is where I would just give up and kill myself. Oh, like 100%. Here's, I wouldn't I, even try to do anything else. Here's what I'll say. Like, I will say, like, I think this might probably, hopefully, my last thing about Iceland because it, the last time we went. Because now we're leaving Iceland. Now we're just in a cave. But I do <laughs> yeah. have one last cave thing about Iceland to say. So the last time we were there, we did, actually, both times we were there, we went into lava caves. And cool. um, in the one we went in the last time, he did mention, mention, has anyone seen Journey to the Center of the Earth? It's, like, based on this cave. Oh, man. <laughs> um, and I hadn't, so I hadn't, I was like, no, don't know. But the, the, uh, being in a cave. <laughs> it's is not weird, where humans are meant to be. It's a weird all. thing. And these, these tours that we've gone on are very controlled and, you know, there's stairs. You're not like rappelling down sides of the cliff or the whatever. But he did say this, our guide on the last one did say in the past, we didn't have these stairs and this tour was much more. Um, it was a higher level of people who could participate in it. And, um, but for me, even just with full on stairs, walking the length of like how far, how deep down they go, I was terrified. Like, yeah. it's scary. It is yeah. scary in a cave. Yeah. I've been in a few different like cave tour type things. Um, and yeah, like it, what's nice about them or what allows you to do them for me is knowing you're going to get out of it. Yes. In a very... In, in like a pretty like, short time. Yes. And you know that time. Like, and yeah. it will happen. Um, so they're And stuck. you're with someone who you, who you right. feel like is smart and like knows do. what's up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's some kind of illumination with you at all times. Yes. Like, yes. Um, so they're stuck in this cave because Hannah is this prepared mountain guide she does have different like flashlights and things she's got um 
so they it very quickly becomes clear that they cannot dig themselves out through yeah. the cave entrance that they just came into. And so that their their next job is to find another way out. Yeah. And again, here, this is when I would be like, I just give up. I'm thousand percent gonna be dead here. Um, Do they have food at any point during this? She mentions that she has some like granola bars or something. Okay, not something enough. Equivalent. Got it. Um, yeah. And also, it's not clear to me how many days. Yeah. They're gone here, but I think what we have to assume is it's less than the ten days that Sean was supposed to be hanging out in whatever yeah. city that was. Yeah. Um. So. Then Trevor almost falls into a crevasse. This is going to be a running whole thing. Um, (laughs) But what they discover is they find an old sign that is in Icelandic that says something like, you know, keep out or be careful. And so they're like, there must be an old mine shaft somewhere near here. And that means there's a way out from under the mountain. So, like, let's Mm. do that. And I would be like, great. Yes, let's do that. Um, but then it requires rappelling down the side of it. And then I'd be like, great, let's not do that. Correct. They have to rappel down the side of this interior cliff, I guess is the best way to describe it. Yeah. And, um, it's 200 feet deep, which when I heard that, I was like, oh, that doesn't sound too bad. But then he said, it's a 20 story building. I was like, oh, would you, I mean, Like, I'm not, and I wasn't positive in my mind if the fact that it was completely pitch black in there makes the rappelling down better or worse. Like, better or worse mentally speaking? Yeah, mentally, (laughs) mentally speaking. Physically, it's the same. But, like, mentally, like, so you're not seeing how far down? Like, because I think it would be a big mind thing for me if I could see. Right. But also yeah. the darkness also is a problem for me. <laughs> I don't, it would be a problem. It and wouldn't I'm also, feel great. It wouldn't feel great to me no matter what. And I'm also curious with them all going down the mechanics of Yeah, I, don't, I didn't like, buy that either. I really, I was like, there's no way. I thought there always had to be one person like right. holding the ropes. Like, right. I don't I don't. I think you can like. Climbing, but I mean, I'm sure there is ways you can do it, but I didn't think that they showed them doing those things. Yeah, I agree with you. Anyway. They do manage to get down to this mine shaft, and they find, like, a cave with all of the, like, you know, equipment and, like, little old, um, like, cars, like, that go on a track. And so they're like, this is the way we can get out. We can take these old cars, go up the track, and that'll be that. Now, I don't know again, why they thought that was going to work, but... Well, what I do believe would work is, like, you're like, these tracks have Let's to... follow these tracks. ...lead out somewhere. Like, yeah. one, one set of them is the way out. Sure. Um, we don't know which one it is. We maybe have to try a few. Yeah. But, no, I would certainly not put myself into a carriage In... that no. is, like... However that goes many, super fucking fast. Well, that is however many years old that it is. Yeah. And then start pushing myself down it. Again, I also noticed that Hannah was the one pushing them. These two men just get into the thing, and she's the one pushing them with her own, like, body power with that. Yeah, she's definitely, device. like, the, the brains and the brawn here. Um, But then now we really get into the part of the movie where, like, it's just a lot of 
action happening yeah for a lot of the time so we can yeah just kind i stopped of paying attention around here i think rush by here so <laughs> they get going down these tracks uh and all the things you would expect to happen do happen it's like the roller coaster type shit um tracks break in the middle and then they have to jump over um what finally the kind of climax of this set piece is that um the three of them end up in three separate cars going on separate tracks of course like idiots hannah and trevor eventually end up in the same car together and that crashes into some rocks to reveal a new space um and then of course sean kind of comes and meets them at the end of the track and he's had a very pleasant time um so then they go into this new space um and in my outline you'll see i called it the gem place yeah um because it's not totally clear to me i didn't really get it but i was like going okay on here yeah um, but trevor calls this a volcanic tube Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like, this is what my brother and I were proposing existed and now it exists. Um, and again, this is not like a lava tube, which is a real thing because yeah. this is full of all kinds of gems, like literally all I kinds never, of gems. I've never seen anything like that in any of the lava caves I've been in. <laughs> like, yeah. And because well, that's the thing is lava would, if that, I, they, they'd be melted. They wouldn't be there. Like, Yeah. Um, and also, like, this cave, it's not just one kind of gem either. There are, like, emeralds in there and rubies and diamonds. And it's, like, those don't yeah. even transpire in the same conditions. Like, yeah, that's weird. And then they're also super <laughs> huge. They're, like, the size of, like, I would say, like, a small, like, a robin's egg or slightly yeah. bigger. Um, and so... Uh, Sean, of course, is, like, grabbing some of these and saying, I'm taking them. In the midst of all of this, both Hannah and Trevor seem to realize simultaneously that the floor they're standing on is made up of something called muscovite. hmm Which is real. Okay. It's a type of mica. Okay. Do you know what mica is? Like for mica? Well, that's where the mica part of it came, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I don't um, exactly know what mica is, no. Mica is when you pick up a rock and it's got those like little bits of shininess in it, like little tiny. Okay. That's usually mica because mica okay. is. Um, it's just like a, a certain type of mineral or something? Yeah, and it like usually kind of tends to have like a flat crystalline sort of structure so it's flat and like okay shiny and often gets kind of incorporated into other types of rock so if you see a rock that's got a little bit of shine to it usually that's mica in it Um, okay so muscovite is just a certain type of that mica all right and it's very very thin now again I don't think that muscovite can grow in such a way that it would make an entire floor of this room, which is like easily a <laughs> diameter of 15 feet. I don't think that's possible. Mm-hmm. But. That's what this movie said. That's what this movie said. 
And what they realize is because they're on this extremely thin ice type situation, they need to move really slowly back into the place they just came from. And ideally, they need to do it like in the exact way that they came before because that clearly supported their weight. Um, what happens, though? It does not. Right. But like there's there's a particular reason it doesn't hold them up. Oh, I forgot. But he, that dumb, dumb kid drops a piece, one of the diamonds he's been, he just was picking up and it shatters and they all just like fall directly through the floor. Yes. Um, now this was one of my kind of favorite gags of the movie, <laughs> I'm going to say. Your favorite fall of the movie? Yeah. Oh, definitely number one fall of <laughs> what, the movie. Which was your favorite fall in this, this movie one. where they fell a billion times? Okay. This one, for sure. Because they're falling and falling. And for I For a very it, long time, you're I right. I think it's Brendan Fraser who first says out loud, we're still falling. <laughs> yeah. And don't time. they grab hands at one point? They grab hands. They have a whole conversation as they're falling. Um, it has I a have very so many questions. Alice in Wonderland sort yeah. of quality to it. Mm -hmm. um, they, but they do fall. Um, I didn't time it, but I think this fall probably lasts a solid two minutes. That's crazy. And okay, I'm also not a scientist, but correct me if I'm wrong. If you fall from that distance and they they hit water is where they yes, land. Correct. When you're falling for that distance and you hit water, I was you're dead. under the yeah. right. I was under the impression it's like hitting cement. Correct. Okay. Just you're making dead. sure. Okay. Actually, you'd probably be dead even In before the fall. you hit the water because you'd have a heart attack during the fall. Right. Okay. Just making sure. Cool. Yeah. Um, end of movie. What if that was the end of the movie? <laughs> I, okay. You know what? Like that would be dark, but I would really applaud a movie that did something like that because it would be very unexpected. It that just like be. middle of a story, the people die. Everyone, they all die. Everyone is dead. Movie <laughs> like, over. I would watch that. Um, yeah, they, they're talking, because they start talking about, like, how can we be following this song? What are we going <laughs> to do? Like, Was it supposed to be a comedic moment, maybe? I think so. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I guess. Um, and they do. They, like, grab hands at various points. There's various points where it looks like they're almost sitting down at a table. Like, there's all kinds of various weird shit on this fall. Um, but then, yes, they do end up hitting the water. And as you point out, as is always the case in movies, that then is like, oh, now we survive. Um, when, in fact, if you had survived the fall, that would have killed you. Um, anyway, though, uh, what they end up doing is they wash up kind of on shore of this whole new world, this subterranean world that mm -hmm. exists in this massive, massive cavern. Mm -hmm. Now, because I'm the killjoy that I am, Yep. in my handwritten notes I say, this isn't really the center of the earth. This is just a cavern underneath the earth. So the whole <laughs> movie is not titled properly 
They should have just called it a random ass cavern we fell into a billion times. Or like the world beneath the world. Like if we wanted yeah. to sound interesting. But yeah. Um, we see all kinds of unusual creatures here. Specifically where we start is with some bioluminescent birds. Um, I did like those. Up at the top of the cave. Well, and it reminded me that years and years ago, um, I went to these caverns in New Zealand. I think it was New Zealand anyway. Um, that you could do a cave tour through and it was like with water and you were like in a boat going through these big, big caverns and the ceiling was sparkling like that in the very same way. And it was all these crazy bioluminescent worms, like millions and millions of them that made it so like, it wasn't like daylight in there, but you could see like, oh, and it wow. was because of these worms. Wow. I know. Weird. That is um, weird. So they, f- they now realize that the book Journey to the Center of the Earth was written based on the real-life account of someone who had survived a similar type of scenario that they have just been dealing with. Mm-hmm. And that means that there is some kind of way out of this place, back to where? What part of the Earth? The center. No, where if we want <laughs> the regular Earth, right? But what's the special name for it that you know? Oh, the crust. Correct. So that's what we're <laughs> trying to do. I was, like, I was like, where are we going? I just don't we want to go back to the regular Earth? Yes, the crust. Um, the crust, the crust of the earth. That's where we want to get back to. <laughs> um, so then they discover this big tree with a tree house um, where they find evidence of both probably the original protagonist of the very original book, Journey to the Center of the Earth, a guy named Leiden Brock. Okay. Um, and also Trevor's brother and Sean's dad, Max. It looks like both of them spent some time in this like shelter trying to figure mm-hmm. out what to do. While Sean and Trevor are like investigating some of the stuff left in the treehouse, Hannah goes exploring around the kind of like jungle around the treehouse, and this is when she finds Max's body. Mm. Um and so then we have a rather somber burial scene um, where what's interesting here is the way they depict this, when Hannah finds Max's body, it is intriguingly, much like Trevor's original vision, it does seem to be down in a crevasse or like Weird. a hole or a something. Yeah. And so somehow they pull his body out of that to bring it to the beach to bury it. Um, Mm. But in terms of the overall story arc, what's mostly important is that Sean and Trevor are now like best friends. Um, (laughs) And because they've had this moment, I suppose. And now we get to kind of the stage in the movie that you really hate, which is, Every series of problems. Yeah, I really did. I this really it. turned into like now just new problem, new problem, new problem. Yeah. Because we get 
now it's like we got to get back to the treehouse. We're trying to get out of here. We're using the notes of both Leidenbrock and Max. They had ideas about how to escape. And they need to escape because the temperature in this subterranean world is also rising very quickly to a point where um, I think they say 135 degrees Fahrenheit, like human beings won't be able to survive there. Yeah. Well, I did notice like I definitely had like this was a big part of where like I started to like tune out or like just not pay attention. Um, and I know and I looked up at one point and I was like, oh, her pants are shorts now. <laughs> yes. They and all I hadn't I hadn't seen when that had occurred. But yeah, they all start losing clothing pretty quickly at this stage. <laughs> um, and so the plan that they create, first of all, listen to this. Mm-hmm. They only have 48 to 72 hours to get out of this subterranean world um, before it gets too hot. They also need to cross what they are calling an ocean. <sighs> yeah. And when they get across to the other side of the ocean, there's going to be a geyser, which, is go- which they plan to use to push them up out to the crust on the steam that the geyser creates. Now, based That's on a our, weird plan. Based on our knowledge from the Poseidon adventure, <laughs> steam is real hot. Yeah, no, that's not that yeah, that's going to burn you. I mean, geysers are notoriously hot. Like they right. they have a bunch <laughs> my last thing about Iceland, there's lots of geysers in Iceland and they all have signs on them that are like don't come near this. It is hot. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's one of those things where, like, we know that's a problem, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. We first have to get across the ocean, I guess. Yeah, that part was weird, too. So they get across. So then we see a little bit of a montage where they're making a boat to go across this ocean. And by boat, I mean raft made of sticks. Um, It doesn't seem sturdy enough to get across an ocean, in my opinion. Um... But at least at the start, things seem to be going okay. Um, mm-hmm. But then a storm comes through. They're also attacked by bioluminescent piranhas. Um, and then Sean gets a phone call from his mom on his flip phone, which I was like, why is this happening right now? Like, is this supposed to be funny? Is this like comedic relief? I don't really <laughs> see it that way. Um, then even larger bioluminescent water-based dinosaurs start appearing and eating the piranhas that are attacking the raft. In this dust-up, Hannah grabs at the sail in some way such that she cuts her hands very badly on the rope that's connecting them to the raft. Mm -hmm. So Sean grabs all the rope connected to the sail and then what happens he flies away into the sky of the center of the earth correct so um that's not good no no if he were a bit taller maybe that wouldn't have happened but um (laughs) as it is he's so slight he just gets carried away by the wind um so now they're separated What we've already been told is that the current of the ocean is already carrying the raft to the other side. Mm -hmm. And then 
we're hoping also that the storm is going to carry Sean to the other side where they all need to be. Mm-hmm. And that luckily seems to have happened. There's a lot of luckilies about to come. There's like here. so many luckilies. Like this entire movie after they like after the first rocks that drop down over the cave, there's a lot of luckilies. Yeah. So the first luckily is that all three of them end up on the other side of the ocean more or less where they intended to be. But they mm. are separated from each other. Yeah. Hannah and Trevor end up needing to walk through this jungle thing um, because their plan, is, like Hannah's basically like, and this is probably the mountain guide in her, she's like, Sean knows our plan. He knows where that we need to end up at this geyser thing. So what we need to do is get there at the appointed time. He's a fucking kid. Why do they? (laughs) That's like a a big assumption, but okay. I mean, what she maybe isn't saying, but what I feel would be. The kid's dead. We got to just keep going. That survivalism when we're at this kind of situation is about sticking to the plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And and also the kid's probably dead, so get over it. Well, (laughs) yeah. Or a better way to say it is in these circumstances, for survival to happen, we have to think about ourselves first. And not the dead kid. And and then <laughs> see what's what. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, like, as if these dead dads aren't enough. Like, these <laughs> off-screen dead dads. And you're like, now you want dead kid to be happening. I'm not saying I want dead kids. I'm saying there are dead kids. You do like, want this kid dead. You've I don't want the dead, kid dead this whole time. I want the movie dead. That's a different situation. Got I don't it. want the kid dead. The Got movie it. just, I would prefer to, like, float from existence, but. So then we get another action sequence where uh, Hannah starts being attacked by a giant carnivorous plant. This uh, was my favorite Venus part. Venus flytrap. <laughs> uh, why was it your favorite part? Because it reminded you of Little Shop of Horrors, or? Um, no, I just liked well, I guess partially because like I had been not paying attention, and then all of a sudden like plants were trying to eat them, and so it yeah. like brought me back into it a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of liked that. I also I did not like the way the plants looked, even though I found it ent- this part entertaining. I didn't. I thought the plants looked um, gross. Yeah. Um, I also the inside of the plants looked yes. really gross to me. Yeah, you mean like vaginal. But like, but like one with like an infection. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you mean. And I had a very similar set. Not good. Basically just Um, not good. And with teeth on the outside. So all. Yeah. Not good. Setting. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, one of my favorite Hilarious. Yeah. 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 Super. (laughs) I mean, definitely super campy and fun and and intentionally so. Like. Yeah. I think this movie is meant to be fun and rompy and maybe even a little bit campy, but it usually failed at doing that. This yeah. worked in the way that it, it was is. done. They had this part down. Yeah. Well, because especially so they managed to get out of this jam. And then the final close off of this scene is when um, Brendan Fraser <laughs> like backhand punches one of them. I did like that. In the yeah. quote unquote face. 
And then <laughs> yeah. to really round it out, he notices that in the kerfuffle, one of his sleeves of his shirt has come off. Yes. And then, and he, so rips then he rips the off the off. other one. Yeah, that was good. That was that, that was, little part was good. And that's like, again, that's what. Um, that's like dis- peak Brendan Fraser. I right. Feel like. I was like, that's what distinguishes yeah. his version of action movie. Yes. from other things is like he he doesn't take himself seriously it's meant to be a bit funny and fun um, which is why i can actually sort of see uh the rock being in these movies because i do think he right. has a similar sensibility in that way correct um i mean he's definitely more hardcore but, but he like, does he's have got an ability a to do side. comedy and comic timing too. yeah yeah you know i'm just i'm surprised they haven't done like a predator remake with like him and yeah. Vin diesel <laughs> that would be i would watch it for sure. Um, so I also, this was also when I, when he pulled off that other sleeve, I was like, Brendan Fraser looking pretty good in this movie. Good he for was pretty you, buff. man. Yeah. Um, and, but also again, to distinguish like him from like the rock or anybody else is like, he just looks like an average guy who is good at like weightlifting like you know like <laughs> no he did i mean the i mean the rock is like in a whole other level like the rock's biceps are like i don't know the measurement obviously but they're like the size of a lot of people's thighs right like you know like you, they're very he's very big like we didn't see brandon fraser without a shirt in this movie if i recall correctly i don't think so um but i feel like if he had taken it off what we would have seen was a body that <laughs> someone who like works out but is a real person you would that would be a body that exists in like real life kind of sure sure um semi-attainable if yeah you like re- yeah, yeah like someone who's like i'm about to go on vacation for two weeks so i'm really gonna like put in some work <laughs> to look good at that but i'm still just a regular guy who works in it or something you know like uh yeah 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 that's that's what i am picturing well, that's his here. whole vibe yeah yeah, yeah. um but anyway, very fun, good scene, possibly best scene in movie. I yeah. don't know. Um, the next scene is where Sean is crossing over a a crevasse on magnetic rocks that are floating yeah. in the air. Didn't love that Ridiculous. very much. No, didn't love it. Um, and then we get to this desert. Um, and by the time we arrive at the edge of the desert, which is like, they, I guess they're like, oh, now the geyser is in sight, the place we're supposed to be, but Sean is missing. I wrote down in my notes, um, Trevor and Hannah get there, both look like shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, because it's getting hotter and hotter every second. They've at this point run out of the little bit of water that Hannah had with her. Um, yeah. So they do, and I will say this: I appreciate they legitimately both look like shit, like bags under their eyes, <laughs> sweaty in a not appealing way, like hair. And fair enough, quite frankly, bedraggled. I would be. Yeah, I'd be dead if I were them. So, like, fair enough. But what I really liked is, I feel like now in almost any movie, despite the incredible amounts of like beating mm-hmm. a human will take. It, like none of that shows like in later yeah. scenes it's like all like oh no it's fine um so i appreciated some of the re- quote-unquote realism she, of this yeah like, was she wearing a white tank top i can't was. remember she yeah of course she was oh god um, 
But it wasn't like super revealing and it wasn't like cut up or anything. It was just a I'm white surprised. tank top with yeah. some dirt on it. And her hair her hair really looked bad. Like I guess I can't remember exactly this like part. Like it almost looked like um you know when someone is wearing already a not very good wig and then it gets mm. matted. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um that's what her Maybe hair she looked was. Like. Maybe she was wearing Maybe a wig. Maybe she was. Maybe she was. Um so then Hannah's like, okay, we need to keep going on to this meeting point. And Sean and Trevor's like, no, I have to go back for Sean. And she's like, okay, do what you got to do. This is when they have their first kiss. Um, and she's going on to the geyser. And because basically he's like, someone needs to survive. I have to go for my nephew. So you go. And if, you know. No harm, no foul if you get out and we don't. Kind of thing. Um, and that seems highly likely that they're not going to survive because in another part of the desert, Sean, unfortunately, has run into a subterranean T-Rex, <laughs> which is chasing him. Mm. Um, and here again, we get one of you that your things that you love best of all which is when people in movies are really good at running holy hell yeah like i wouldn't have guessed that a 13 year old boy could outrun a t-rex yeah but well here's how you do outrun a t-rex at least from my um uh scientific study is i think they don't see super well and I think mm. if you run in, and I think a lot of animals, I feel like I've heard this about, but I don't know, maybe I'm mistaking. But I think if you run in zigzags, it, it like confuses them or they can't see you. They don't like, get, they don't, I th- I feel like I've heard that. Yeah. Some animals, it is true that if you kind of like run out of their field of vision, they have bad peripheral vision, but they yeah. can still smell you. So yeah, that's the problem. You know, um, in this case, Sean is running he runs into some kind of like semi cave like structure or maybe in a, a skull or something. And it just so happens, luckily, <laughs> uh, good old uh, Trevor finds him as this is happening. Yeah. Uh, then the two of them start running away from the T-Rex. And um, again, Trevor wants to kind of sacrifice himself so that Sean can survive. So he's like, I'm going to draw this T-Rex away from you. You run away. Um, and that doesn't totally work. So then the next step is they Shocking. see. I know. So then the next step is that they see there's some more Muscovite coming up. And so Trevor's like, I'm going to lead the T-Rex to the Muscovite. The Muscovite will crack under its weight. And this will no longer be our problem. um the plan again luckily some might even would say miraculously i think miraculously is more accurate yeah because the muscovite cracks while trevor is on it as well Mm -hmm. and we assume he's probably dead we see we got a shot of the dinosaur falling just down 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 we don't know to where but trevor Again, 
one of the favorite movie tropes of all time is hanging on by one hand on the of side course. of so this strong. newly created cliff. And then, better still, a 13-year-old boy is able to help a 40-year-old full-grown man out of this. Um, and then they finally get to the river that they've been looking for that's meant to like take them to the geyser thing. But, and here's where reality, you know, real <laughs> bummer of a reality comes back they're like but now we can't get into this river to get to the geyser because the water is boiling hot they need some mm-hmm. kind of a boat what happens well hannah shows up with a boat <laughs> luckily luckily they meet each other again on this whole thing and her boat is made of a giant skull of a t-rex perhaps um, yeah. And so then they jump in this boat. Um, and now the problem is, is they get to the place where the geyser is. And so just so that we understand what the logic of the movie is telling us. <clears throat> Please enlighten us. The geyser is also a hole to the surface. That's the whole point. So they want to go from this subterranean world through the hole of the geyser, similar to a volcano, but geysers and volcanoes are not the same, but please don't ask me more about it than that because I am not a geologist and I don't know the difference. (laughs) Um, The problem, however, is that they have missed the geyser, it seems, because now the volcanic tube that they've been looking for, a.k.a. the geyser, is filling with magma, not with steam like they were expecting so that's a problem Mm -hmm. um happily they solve it in record time because they realize that the walls of the tube that they're they should really get a lottery ticket when they're done with this i know because for sure um the walls of the tube that they're in are wet So they infer that there must be water behind them. Again, I don't know why that proves, like, that does turn out to be the case, but how? God knows. Um, (laughs) They still have some remaining flares left from the beginning of the movie, and so Brendan Fraser has to use them to, like, basically to break the wall between the water and the magma. Mm -hmm. Um... Luckily, this works on the third try, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they release the water from the other side of the wall, it hits the magma, which creates a massive amount of steam. And then they start being pushed up out of this volcanic tube on a skull or in, a, <laughs> in an upside-down skull mm-hmm. of a dinosaur. Why are you laughing? Oh, no. It's just this is all totally normal. A hundred percent. So then this is, oh, man. The amount of times they would be dead in this movie. I know it's not, like, fun to do this, but. No, we could. We should have um, counted all the times. It's probably, like, at least ten at this point. It's pretty shocking. So they're speeding up out of this <laughs> volcanic tube. And then they mm-hmm. emerge out and then they're flying through the air Mm -hmm. holding on 
to this dinosaur skull mm-hmm. carriage ride, whatever thing <laughs> you would call it that they're in. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, you couldn't hang on to that once you're floating in the air. That thing is like so much heavier than you. Like, you know, when you're launched up into the air in a conveyance, the conveyance falls away from you really quickly. And then it's just your body flying through the air. (laughs) Right. But somehow all three remain on the skull. The skull is in the air and then the skull crashes to the ground. Luckily, they don't (laughs) die in that collision. Mm -hmm. Then the skull starts sliding down the side of a hill. Pretty immediately, it's apparent that they're sliding through a vineyard um, and ruining somebody's crops pretty Mm -hmm. handily. (laughs) Uh, And when they come to a stop, they hit a house (laughs) and they're in Italy. Yeah. Now, they were in Iceland. Now they're in Italy. Yeah. And they crossed an ocean on a raft in some amount of time that is less than 72 hours. Yeah. So that there, there's that to consider in this as well. I didn't understand the whole being in Italy of it all. But um, the guy whose house it was that they crashed into and ruined all his grapes and stuff is, like, pretty upset. And, like, why are you sliding? Well, because, first of all, let's not forget that they come up out of Mount Vesuvius. (laughs) So there's that. God. Then go on with what you were saying. Well, I was just saying this was a part that where Isaac was like, well, this is racist. That's offensive because the kid, like, the guy's mad. And then the kid comes in. Oh, my God, this part was. And he, the the kid is just like, oh, take, well, he had like one of those diamondy things, and he's like, "Take this, we're a sorry." <laughs> so he and first, he said it just like that. I know. So first he says it normal American way. He says, "We're so sorry. Here, take this diamond in exchange for like all the damage that we did." And the actor playing this Italian, I I don't think that this guy was Italian. Um, looks kind of puzzled because, of course, he does not speak English. But also, this is crazy. What's just, he's just a scene. Yes. And then you're absolutely right. Sean, AKA Josh Hutcherson, is like, <laughs> how about you take this diamond as a. He literally we're says, we're so- a sorry. Yeah. Like, we're a sorry. Yeah. And then that, then the guy's like, oh, yes, of course. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And then, and then the guy starts saying back to him in similarly broken English, like, you come downhill again like and i was like <laughs> what kind yeah. of idiot thinks yeah. that just speaking english in what you think of as a stereotypical accent of these people is gonna make them understand it's so weird what you've said but who cares because whatever because who cares because the movie's fucking over and everyone's happy hannah and trevor kiss again we come back to the lab to round out this weird story, which never meant anything anyway, um, where Trevor basically gloats in front of his boss's face, and he's like, oh, this lab is kind of too old for us and not big enough, and we've got plenty of money now, because it's revealed that not only did Sean have one diamond, he had many, many of these large diamonds from the thing. So that's what now they can do all this research using those diamonds. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end, 
Sean is off to Canada. So again, this whole movie at maximum 10 days. It's less than 10 days. What the <laughs> fuck? Um, but that, uh, that much stuff that happened in this movie hasn't happened to me in my entire life. I know. I know. Um, I will say, though, in this final scene, I've written in my handwritten notes, and this is partially to do with what we were talking about off air, which is my current quest to find jeans that look normal, which I can't find. <clears throat> um, I wrote, nice jeans, Hannah. Oh, my God. I can't remember her <laughs> jeans at the end because I was so happy it was over. I wasn't paying attention. Um, but, of course, we do a little bit of a setup for a sequel. Um where, you know, now that Sean and Trevor are friends, it's like, can't wait for the next adventure, bud. And it's like, yeah. And then he takes out. We'll a, go to the center of the earth again. <laughs> well, no, he takes out a new Jules Verne, which is the story of Atlantis. And that's oh, God. the end of the film. I didn't even notice that. I was over it. That's the end of the film. So let's just, I guess, go to yawns and eye rolls. And then yeah. we'll save our final thoughts for the end. So, okay. um yawns one yawn being like fucking amazing <laughs> couldn't stop watching quit your bitching and go home um and 10 yawns is like literally like a snooze emoji um what would you give it i mean it wasn't like a snooze like it was fine to look at it's just not my thing. I wasn't, like, I definitely tuned it out for, like, a good, like, chunk here, chunk there. Um, I guess I'll say, like, three-ish, between three and four. Yeah, I was going to give it a four because I do like how it's 90 minutes. I, I did like that, too. like how quickly they just got to the point of what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah, after a while, boring. so many problems does start to get boring. Yeah. And I wish they had just done more Venus flytrap type yeah. gags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And less dinosaur chasing. Yeah, same. Gag. Same. Um, for eye rolls, oh boy, oh boy. Um, one eye roll is I have no follow-up questions. <laughs> um and 10 eye rolls is like what was i just seeing oh what no see it? oh gosh that's funny because like on that particular scale i kind of have no follow-up questions because it's all like to in my mind like made up crap and then the what was the other one you said also I um, didn't what follow was anything. I what happened? <laughs> yeah, I also also felt like that too. Like I definitely said multiple times, like what is happening? Like, so I don't know where I lay on that scale because I, at the same time, don't have any follow up questions and also didn't know what was happening. So it's a that's it was a weird one for me in that sense. So yeah, I don't. I honestly don't know. I'm a little bit baffled at what. I would. Yeah. I might, because of that, because I agree with you. Um, like, I feel like the movie itself couldn't decide entirely. Like, are we going to go full <laughs> bore nuts? Like, yeah. Um, or are we going to try and make this quote unquote realistic? You know, like, yeah, they really couldn't decide. Yeah. And so because of that, I think I'm going to give it a five. 
Okay. Because that sounds fair. Because like I and I wish I just said this, and this will maybe lean us into final thoughts. The the brilliance of the Venus flytrap scene <laughs> and that weird falling stuff. I re- those were my favorite things in the mm-hmm. movie. Because uh, like, they were the most like self aware parts, maybe. I guess so. Um, or, and bizarre and very yeah. like because I guess I've never read the book, so I I can't really speak to that. But like, yeah. I feel like what some of this story was trying to say was like, this is a almost magical world. Yeah. Because it's kind of magical and amazing that it even exists. Like, yeah. So the the typical rules that affect us crustlings don't <laughs> matter. I, hey, I didn't sign on for that to be our name, the crustlings. <laughs> that sounds... That sounds very unappealing. <laughs> Hello, Crustling. Take me to your leader. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, I would I would buy that. I would actually be like, okay, so that's what this story is saying, is that in this different part of the world, there are all these different rules of physics and life and whatever. And so all this crazy shit can happen. Yeah. And I'd be like, cool, man. Let's do that. Um... <laughs> But then, like, with the dinosaurs and the mine shaft, it's, like, that's kind of, like, real, though. So, like, what are we yeah. saying? Um, yeah. So, I guess I would have appreciated a movie that kind of leaned into Brendan Fraser's mm-hmm. talents of being more the fantastical action hero, the comedy mm-hmm. action hero, rather than this kind of middle-of-the-road approach it yeah. seems like they're doing yeah I guess that's that. my that's my final thought about yeah this. that's fair um so finally uh did you like this and would you recommend it <laughs> um <laughs> no probably not no I didn't no no I didn't really like it um no <laughs> okay. um would I would I recommend it you know I'd also probably no but i could be like you know it's an action movie basically with a with like a science fiction bent like yeah if you're in if you're into that like go for it mm-hmm. but i don't i wouldn't be like effusive about it <laughs> yeah i would say i liked it okay um i was decently entertained by it again i felt like the pacing was pretty good which mm-hmm. for a lot of what we watch pacing is like one of the main places it falls apart um but i don't think i would recommend it either um yeah because for a movie like this which i by that i mean like a light-hearted 90 minute like regular movie let's say um i don't know i just i'm like i can't so many movies like that, I'm like, yeah, it's good if you're kind of tired on a Saturday afternoon and you just want something in front of your eyes, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, it and again, it is, like, it's not bad looking. Like, it's kind of pretty looking at moments yeah. and stuff. No, but... I do think, like, visually there was some interesting stuff that happened, for sure. sure. Um, some of the CGI was terrible. Some of it was yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, 
It just reminds me of there was one part when they're in the little carts and they're like going really fast. Her hair was flying very funny. Like her hair, her hair was like up in a way that like hair doesn't go. And I didn't notice it at that part. part. I was like, this is weird looking. Well, that's also when I noticed a lot of weird like CGI, like green and maybe that was like a sort of maybe that was a 3d situation yeah i feel like that would have been a part that would have looked cool in 3d probably um so yeah i don't think it's a recommend for me yes except if you're like a real fraser head maybe then (laughs) like if you're like a brendan fraser if you like like encino man like sure you might like this if you're a brendan fraser maybe if you like Brendan Fraser subterranean completist, <laughs> if you're a subterranean Brendan Fraser completist, then you clearly must watch this thing. Yeah, um, I think you already have like a probably, million times. Probably, probably. But those, that's like a very but specific niche of person that I would recommend it to. And otherwise, <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Well, good then. <laughs> We've gotten through it. Um, thank you everyone for listening. I am Sarah Walsh and I'm here with Amy Walsh and we will see you next week in space. Ooh, the crust. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.